0: Oo ee oo ah ah, ting tang walla walla bing bang.
1: Me 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 me. (coughs) oo
0: ee oo ah ah, ting tang walla walla, bing bang. (laughs) Hello and welcome. Wait, I'm not ready. God. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm ready. Hello and welcome to Funny Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. This is Tim and I hate Paul so much.
2: You don't
1: I think, hate me. I, I do I hate you. you I hate are you. incapable of hating me.
0: Well as I told you this week Paul, I like to be mean to you because I like to make the pretty boys cry. Well, this is true. And then there's all the makeup sex after so yeah.
1: but I don't know that I'm a, much of a crier. I mean I'm kind of dead inside. <laughs> 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 but what did inspire some excitement in this cold dead heart? Uh-huh. Was all that freaking DC news this week.
0: There was DC news this week?
1: There was DC news this week. Talk to me about this alleged DC news. So, you know, New York Comic Con was last weekend, and DC said, fuck that. We're gonna wait till our annual shareholders meeting to announce all our movie projects.
0: That, that is the way publicly held companies, publicly traded companies work, Paul.
1: Well, don't they care about
0: me? No. Unless you're a shareholder, they don't give a dick about you, Paul. <laughs>
1: well, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand, Aaron. I pay ten dollars for my movie ticket just because I don't pay ten thousand dollars a year to them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Doesn't make any. Buy sense. Buy some shares,
0: Paul, and they'll care about you. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> well, so at the, um, you know, I guess the shareholders meeting, and they put out a press release. DC announced. Uh, well, I shouldn't say DC. Warner Brothers announced um, a huge slate of movies uh, going through 2020. Um, you know it included things like the uh, the upcoming Harry Potter prequels uh, that they've announced um, but the biggest news you know related to us specifically is the uh, the DC movies that they announced and so they announced that and, and now keep in mind this does not include standalone batman and Superman movies which are apparently also on the docket but not on this schedule now I don't know if that means they're going to be after 2020 or they're not you know They haven't targeted dates on them yet, but they'll fit them in somewhere. Uh, but the ones they announced are Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice in 2016, Suicide Squad also in 2016, Wonder Woman in 2017, Justice League Part 1 in 2017, The Flash and Aquaman in 2018, Shazam and Justice League Part 2 in 2019, and Cyborg and Green Lantern in 2020. Cyborg, huh? Yeah, Cyborg gets his own movie, aren't you? I'm psyched. God. Well, that's <laughs> like somebody pooped in the pool. I
0: mean...
1: <laughs> so, there are a couple things on here that I'm happy about, and there are a couple that I, I'm really kind of scratching my head on. Uh huh. So, the Suicide Squad movie is an interesting choice so early. I think that...
0: I mean, I, I think a Suicide Squad movie could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and honestly,
2: I think the reason it's getting so much... You know, it's going to be earlier is because of Arrow.
1: Yeah. But Even though it's
2: not movie. going to be the same team as Arrow, I'm sure, it's still Arrow has made them a name that people know.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's directed by David Ayer, who also directed that uh, Fury movie that's out this weekend from, um, you know, with Brad Pitt. Yes. Now, yes. some of the names in contention for the Justice League movie are uh, Will Smith, Tom Hardy, uh, Margot Robbie, and. Um, Ryan Gosling are some of the names that are being thrown around for people that are being approached to be in Suicide Squad. Will, Will Smith. Smith, yeah, <laughs> as who? Uh, they, they, I have no idea. They haven't. Amanda <laughs> Waller. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Will Smith in a fat suit. Is that what
3: I mean, that's that's as you know, it's that's as safe as saying, uh, you know, he's going to be dead shot or
1: whatever. Well, what, what is, <laughs> he might be. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Black Manta.
2: See, I don't. I don't dislike Will Smith. I mean, I like some of the Will Smith movies, but I don't want to see him in a DC movie. It, at that point, all I'm going to see on the screen is Will Smith because Will Smith doesn't have range. Will Smith plays Will Smith.
1: Well, here's the thing about Will Smith is that he kind of needs a little bit of a career bump. I don't remember. I think his last hit was uh, Hancock. Was that a hit? I, I thought That was, it was a big hit. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but he hasn't had now, anything since. Was, then. So was, was be Hancock
0: dead. before or after he played the uh, homeless stockbroker? I think that was after. Okay.
1: Oh, no, uh, that was a, after that. Oh, well, Ali wasn't really a
0: hit. Yeah, but it was it was it was a critical hit. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't you know box office gold. No. Not, it was, yeah. And, and I said and I should say in comparison to something like Independence Day, I sure. guess I should say. But you know, I, I think it's a mistake to cast these you know kind of you know big screen. Named actors in these movies because, you know, if if you if the Justice League movie, I'm sorry, if if uh, Batman versus Superman is successful, DC kind of reclaims their brand much like Marvel and people will just go because it's a DC movie. And your opportunity is much like Guardians of the Galaxy is to hire folks that nobody knows, you know, and put your money into production. Not don't put it into your actors. True. You know, I, I think it's a mistake.
1: I think everyone just wants to do a superhero movie. And I don't know, I'm okay with Will Smith doing it. I am. I mean, I, by the time the film comes out in two years, because I don't know what he has on his docket currently, but I haven't heard much yeah. of anything really coming up for him. So by 2016, he'll probably need something.
0: Yeah, well, you know. he, hadn't, he hasn't had a blockbuster in a while. So, I mean, I can certainly see him wanting to do something like that. I just think it's the wrong property for him. Have
3: you, have you guys seen, like, the big, big list now of every, everything superhero related?
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to touch on that. OK. Because so 2015 – so we're skipping – so DC is skipping 2015 entirely. So 2015 belongs to, to Disney and Marvel because we've got Avengers, Ant-Man, Fantastic Four, and just in comic book movies. But you've also got Star Wars in 2015. Right. God, that's going to be huge. So yeah. yeah so 2016 well, is where comics ramp up.
0: And Star Trek I think is 2016.
1: Yeah, because it's uh, the 50th anniversary I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in uh, 2016 we've got Deadpool, Batman vs Superman, Captain America 3, X Men Apocalypse, Doctor Strange, Suicide Squad, and Sinister Six. Wow. Uh,
2: there are some movies I'm excited about there, and there are some that I just could care less.
1: Yeah, and I think, that, and, and you know, I'm 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 worried that DC's coming in in 2016 after superhero fatigue may have set in, but we'll see. I mean. Mm-hmm.
0: See, I you know I think that, that the superhero movies are, are are becoming genre movies, and I don't know that I I, I hate to hear that uh, you know people are, are might get fatigued on superhero movies. I think maybe they're just going to get fatigued on bad movies, you well, know. And so well, far, Marvel's making them right.
2: Yeah, and to be honest, when I look at DC,
0: I'm not excited
2: about these announcements. DC has yet to show me that they can really yeah. pull off a franchise.
1: Yeah, they haven't proved it yet. Yeah, but I'm excited. I mean, Batman versus Superman, I have faith in. I'm not sold on Suicide Squad yet.
2: You have faith in Batman versus Superman because everything I'm seeing, it's looking horrible.
1: I have faith in it. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about I, it still.
2: I was excited about it when they announced it and they just keep naming more and more things to it. And yeah, I have the, I am hoping that maybe some of these characters won't appear till the very end. But no, I have no faith in Batman versus Superman right now. I, I was excited when they announced it and the more they tell me about it, the more it kills that excitement. You
0: know the, the the movie that I want to see that is not on anybody's slate is uh, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider Man. I, I I really wish that that Sony would scrap their current Spider Man franchise and do a Miles Morales or do it in addition to.
1: Well, and you did you hear the rumors that? Um, well, it's not. It, it's pretty. It's a pretty solid rumor that. Um, Sony and Marvel are are working really hard on trying to figure out some way to, for Spider-Man to enter the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right.
0: Well, and if they do that, I hope it's Miles Morales. Well, we'll see. Because I, I just... I, I think... Beyond what they have currently done with Spider-Man, I think that is that is such a gateway to bringing more folks in,
1: uh-huh.
0: you know, and the the stories are so unique. And and I just I, I, I want to see Miles Morales on screen, but you have to cast it right. You have to cast him as a teenager. You can't yeah. cast him as you know a 21 year old guy. You got to make him a kid. You well, know, my my only
2: concern about doing a Miles Morales version is do you have to do Peter Parker? Per, do you have to do Peter Parker first? Because a big part of who Miles Morales is is based on the fact that he's taking up the mantle after Peter was publicly
1: killed.
0: I think that you could open up the movie with Peter Parker died.
1: Yeah. You know. And, I mean, once a space you know is, is only in for another couple of movies, I think. Yeah. I th- I think
0: that you could just open up with in the, in the opening credits, you know, the nation mourns, you know, a fallen hero. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but you can talk about the, you know, the the legacy of that hero. We all know who Spider-Man is. We all know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It wouldn't be anything to just show that in the opening credits. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just I think it's a license to print money. They're crazy for not having done it yet.
1: Well, so 2017, you know, continues, you know, the the forward momentum. You've got a Wolverine sequel. You've got a, another Marvel film that they haven't announced yet. You've got Wonder Woman, which actually comes before Justice League, um, Fantastic Four Two, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, another Marvel film, um, Justice League Part One, and potentially a female Spider Man spinoff film that they haven't announced. I'm assuming it's going to be Spider Girl.
2: Did you say Fantastic Four Two? Yeah. Yeah. But they haven't even done the first Fantastic Four relaunch yet, and it sounds horrible.
0: But well, Fox I, owns it, and they're going to make it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, they're planning on there being more, but I'd imagine if the first one bombs if there's 2 – they're two years apart. So I'd ima- I, I bet you they're waiting on production of the second one to see how the first one does.
2: So one thing I do have to give uh, Warner Brothers on their announcements. They said that they're going to film both of the Justice League movies at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's smart. And so 2018 is where I start to get concerned. <laughs> so you've got four Marvel films, you know, that they haven't announced titles for yet. Amazing Spider-Man 3, but the DC announcements kind of concern me. So 2018 is where we have The Flash and Aquaman. And so, you know, I, I I'm not opposed to an Aquaman starring film even though I'm not a fan of Jason Momoa. Um Oh, Paul. I know. Uh, but the the fact that, I mean they they put out this announcement that The Flash will star this guy named Ezra Miller, who apparently was in a film called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's like a quirky little independent teenager type actor. And he well he's twenty two, but he looks like a teenager. And so my concern about that is you know you made this announcement a week after all that goodwill you bought by you know by having this great flash pilot and a week later you're saying hey we're going to do a flash movie with a different actor and i know that you know i know that they're saying the the cinematic and tv universes are not together but i don't know it just seems a little stupid especially I'm, when you're casting I'm, another young awkward teenager looking guy like you already got one just just for the record i'm calling
3: call drago right now paul you will be the new Khaleesi.
1: so i don't know about that flash I, i just and i've never seen ezra miller and maybe he's a great actor and i've i'm not i've no opposition to him personally it's just about the fact that they hired again you know a guy in the same age range as the one they already have
3: well i mean that would be a pretty tight schedule for him to film a flash movie and the tv show Yeah, but I
0: mean. It seems strange to me that we've got actors locked in for films that aren't going to hit for four and five years.
1: Well, and so that brings to 2019, where you have Shazam. Like, okay, so you just, like, I got all excited because I thought Shazam, you know, they just hired The Rock. Right. I thought that was like next year or the year after. Right. And now they're saying 2019. I mean, we're five years away from that movie.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and I mean, that's a long time. Uh, when you think about you know the, the physicality of that role and you know The Rock is what he's in his forties right now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, anyway, I just you might as well hire Schwarzenegger for it. By the time you get around to shooting
1: it, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it, in five years, I mean, th- th- you're really kind of counting on The Rock for <laughs> that, that. That's a, a hell of a long time. Yeah. Because I mean, you're you're, I it, it you're probably not going to be filming for another two years. Right. If you're, if, yeah, if you're
0: gonna have a 2019 release date, you're probably shooting that film in 2017. Yeah. So it's, that seems crazy to me.
1: Well, and then in 2020, you've got you know Cyborg and Green Lantern. Um, and, and I th- think
0: you, you you say Cyborg; those are two separate films, right?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. It's okay.
1: a it's a buddy cop movie. Because I'm thinking that if it's if that
0: you know it'd be great if it was a team up movie because that way I can just avoid one film as opposed to a <laughs> two.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the well. Cyborg is you know they've already cast Cyborg because he's going to be in uh, Batman versus Superman, but uh, they haven't said who Green Lantern's going to be in. You know, I mean it's six years away, so no surprise there.
0: But you know what's funny is, and and I know that there's a the new 52 take on Cyborg is that he's older, he's not a teenager. But I think the interesting story for Cyborg is a teenager. You know, and it it makes it kind of hard to you know you've got this six year gap between films to have a young man playing the role. Yeah, keep pulling
1: that cyborg cord before we get to Batman and Robin, or just keep doing it. (laughs) Because the actor himself, I'm looking it up right now. I mean, he's he's pretty young. I mean, he looks pretty young anyway. He was born in 87. So, yeah, he's definitely young. But, you know, in six years from now, I mean, it's just surprising that I I would imagine as much as they, you know, try to get people psyched. And I think all of this is really just claiming dates. But I'd imagine that a lot of this is going to change over the coming years, especially dependent on –
2: one of the reasons – Okay. One of the reasons I have so much faith in the Marvel movies is because they have somebody in the back end basically coordinating them and helping keep them all tied together. I don't see that vision from DC. I've never seen that in the DC movies. So that's one of the reasons why I just don't have any faith in all of these DC movies is there's nobody – that stepped up to guide them
1: well i think there is i mean coherent they have jeff johns but jeff johns is adamant about the fact of not having you know a cohesive universe with the tv show and with the tv shows he he wants to keep them separate and so i mean you have that it's just they're they have a different plan they don't want to imitate the marvel way of doing things which gotta be honest you know we talked about this before it seems a little dumb like if someone else is doing something good that's working yeah. giving them the top you know three films of the year maybe you imitate them yeah. we
3: need to steer clear of that success <laughs> yeah
1: don't do what they're doing they're rich yeah <laughs> god damn it so I mean, so a lot of news. I mean, some of it really does interest me. You know, the fact that they're splitting Justice League into two films and Zack Snyder's going to be doing both of them. You know, you've got a Wonder Woman coming out. Um, looks like about five months before Justice League. So we'll get a lot. More, you know, we'll we'll get a Wonder Woman movie, and I think DC's putting that into production to make sure that we have a female-led superhero film before Marvel does. Well, I I I I think that uh, you know as we look
0: at a more at at, at a larger female presence in our superhero movies, I find it interesting uh, the speculation this week that Carrie Kelly is going to be in Batman versus Superman.
1: So Gina Malone, who was um, one of the main actresses from Sucker Punch, has been spotted on the set of Batman versus Superman, and. It's in a a mystery role, and even though it hasn't been confirmed, she's a short, petite redhead, and uh, it's one of the – apparently one of the extras on the film has let it leak that it's Carrie Kelly, Robin. Oh, wow. That's great. I'm perfectly okay with that. Plus I like Gina Malone. I think she's a good actress.
0: I have no idea who that is.
1: You haven't seen uh, Sucker Punch? I have, but I've tried to put it out of my memory. Ah, I like Sucker Punch.
0: that's uh, a horrible film.
1: I remember us having this conversation when it came out. Yeah, it was a horrible <laughs> film. You,
2: uh, you would like Sucker Punch, Paul. You would.
1: Well, she was also in Donnie Darko. Um, she's also in the, uh, the Hunger Games Catching Fire. So she's been in a number of films.
0: I've seen none of these movies. Well, I have seen all of them.
1: I think she would make a good Carrie Kelly and I'm excited about there being a Carrie Kelly in the film. I think it's, you know, it'll be a a nice difference from, uh, from the previous Batman. Yeah,
0: no, I I think that's great. You know, particularly, uh, since they're, they've cast, uh, you know, Ben Affleck, you know, as an older Batman, uh, it makes sense to have Carrie Kelly there. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that means that in this universe, there is a history of former Robins.
1: I get the impression there is because I've heard rumor of Nightwing, um. So I, it w- which would be interesting to me, how uh, you know how much they're jumping forward in Batman's timeline. Like, are we going? Is this Ben Affleck's one and only Batman film, or you know, and they'll replace him?
0: I have thought that there. He, this he was going to be on
1: for additional Batman films. That is what I heard as well. But I mean, yeah. they they really seem to be setting it up as a Dark Knight Returns type of film. Yeah. Which is you know it is interesting, well, but. Well, I like the idea of an older Batman, so I hope that I hope that if it works he sticks around. Yeah, did you guys yeah. see uh Gone Girl yet? Uh I have not. He was he was good in that. I uh so I'm you know I'm a Ben Affleck fan, so yeah, well you know you good. like his you like his chin. Yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a formidable chin. Did he cry in Gone Girl? Um did he cry? Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: we have learned this episode that Paul enjoyed Sucker Punch and Paul is a Ben Affleck fan. Uh huh. We're learning so much about his movie tastes and it's all
0: bad.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe my TV taste will turn it around. Well, I Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to take issue with you. What? What did I do? Yeah.
0: On this podcast last week, you complained about Gotham. Yes. And you said, I'm out because the, the balloon man episode of Gotham was ridiculous. And I, I'd like to point out that Paul made a a big point of saying that the balloon man bad guy made it sound ridiculous. You know, Paul Paul tried to characterize it as it's a ridiculous show because they have a guy in there called Balloon Man. I got to tell you, I loved that episode, Paul. What? I thought it was a fantastic episode. I, I, I thought, you know, and it's not like he's going around calling himself Balloon Man because he's strapping people to weather balloons for them to die. Um, you know, this, they, they dub him Balloon Man. It's not like he's like I'm the Balloon Man. You know, uh, I, I was I thought it was a great episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Ugh, Aaron.
0: All your taste is in your mouth, Paul. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even know how to take that.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I so I, so Wayne, did you see that, that episode of Gotham?
2: No, I have a backlog of Gotham. Okay, I need well, to catch up on. I,
0: I I'll be interested to hear what you have to say because I I thought it was a really strong episode.
2: I will watch before next week so I can decide
0: which one of you is wrong. Very well, you know it's Paul. You know Paul's wrong.
2: I'm Paul. assuming Paul's wrong.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that, that's a universal constant.
1: Well, it's it's a you safe know what happens assumption. when you assume.
0: You can navigate by the wrongness of Paul. It's that constant. That's <laughs> what like I'm saying. It's the Star. It is exactly like the North Star. You can see his wrongness in the sky, and you can navigate by it. <laughs> <laughs> what I did
2: watch this week, though, was
0: the first two episodes of Arrow. Now, I've seen the first episode, um, and I think Paul and I talked about that last week. I really liked it. It was a great episode, and I love Brandon Routh in it.
2: That's what I that was really the only comment I had was I was impressed. I, uh, I never realized Brandon Roth had any kind of range because the only thing I can know of that I've seen him in was Superman Returns. But he is a completely different
0: character as Ray Palmer. Yeah. He actually, you know, acted.
2: Uh, yeah. Was, I was
0: yeah I, I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I was a little bummed when I heard that he was going to be on the show because I've seen him in a couple of things and have never really cared for him, um, you know, as an actor. But, uh, uh, I re- I thought he had very strong performances Ray Palmer in uh, Green Arrow.
2: Yeah, I love the interactions between uh, Ray Palmer and Felicity. I think those two are going to have a lot of on onscreen uh, rivalry chemistry going on. I thought he did a he just he brought a real energy to the role,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. And the second episode—not to ruin too much, since Aaron hasn't seen it—so the second episode is dealing with the uh, the repercussions of the the ending of the first episode, the season premiere. And uh, I I thought the second episode was stronger overall than the uh, the season premiere. Um, did a lot of good emotional beats and you know character progression. I, I thought it was really good. I would definitely yeah, I, check it out, Aaron.
2: Cool. I agree. The second episode is just uh, it's all fallout on how the first one ended.
1: Yeah. Now the current thing that they're saying with Brandon Routh as the Atom is that you may not see him as the Atom in Arrow, but at some point he may transition or tie into the Flash, and so they're saying he may have powers well, and, on and the Flash.
0: That does seem like a more organic fit, you mm-hmm. know, since there are actual powers over in the Flash. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, they, and they're and they're really making an attempt to not show the powers even on Arrow, because like the season premieres, you know, the, the scene with Arrow and the Flash meeting was right. in the Flash. It wasn't an Arrow. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're really not showing any superpowers in Arrow, and they, they, that's fine. They're keeping the show grounded. That's the feel they want to go for in that show, and they want to have all the superpowers in Flash. It's fine with me, really. Yeah.
0: No, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. I, I like that, you know, Green Arrow is more of a, of a uh, you know, Batman style story where, you know, it's street
1: level crime. Yeah. Now I am hoping that by by the time this, the the uh, series ends, that they have changed the name of the series to Green Arrow. I think that would be pretty sweet. I don't think
0: they'll do it. You don't think, I think so?
1: they're
2: going to stick with Arrow? Yeah. Ah, I think they're going to stick with the Arrow, and now they have multiple arrows.
1: Yeah.
0: Because uh, I I like what they've done with Roy. Yeah, I do too.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point.
0: Well, and I I imagine that uh, when his sister returns, uh, Oliver's sister, that we'll see her. You know. Be speedy or whatever they're gonna call her.
1: Well, it sounds like we'll get some of that next week, so we'll see. Oh, very exciting. Very <laughs> exciting. Well, okay. So the Flash this week. Uh huh.
0: Um, number one, thoroughly enjoyed it. Two, even though I thoroughly enjoyed it, I was a little disappointed at the ending of it uh, because we didn't. If you're gonna have Simon Stagg in the in your show, I expect that we're gonna get some Rex Mason. I mean, I was like, oh, we're gonna get Metamorpho, and we didn't get Metamorpho. I was very disappointed by that.
2: So, I have a. I really enjoyed Flash, the second episode. I have a little concern that this is just going to end up being a, you know, freak of the week type show.
0: It does have a little bit of that Smallville feel to it. It's still,
2: it's fun and there are still bigger plots that are going on, which is why I think it, I don't think it's going to fall into that. I really hope it doesn't. But as of right now, it definitely has the freak of the week feel to it. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and I think a lot of shows fall victim to that at the beginning until they they figured it out. Yeah, well, they're
0: building their environment. They're building the backstory, that kind of thing. But, I mean, it it, would be okay for me for him to, you know, do some investigation and like save somebody who's kidnapped. You know, I mean, just deal with, with regular people so it's not always some guy.
2: Yeah, Arrow had a lot in that first season of... Just freak of the week kind of They except it wasn't freak because they didn't have powers. But they had uh, in the beginning a lot of uh, just single episode things and yeah. they got away from that pretty quickly and it became one of the best shows on TV.
0: Well, I was I was surprised that this week featured a uh, Marvel DC crossover, you know, having the Flash fight uh, Jamie Madrox, the multiple man
1: so <laughs> it was multiplex
2: <laughs> it was funny my wife is uh, asking about like is that a dc character i'm like
1: oh yeah but basically it's a marvel character you know one of my all favorite right, tv yeah. shows you know talking about the freak of the week thing um, one of my favorite tv shows of all time is angel yes and that show very much followed a freak of the week format until the season finale of the first season Right. Which is when the story kicked in that kind of carried them through all the way to the yeah, end. It established their backstory. So, I mean, I. I. Epology, I, I, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So, I kind of give Freak of the Week a little bit of leniency at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But especially on, you know, genre shows like this, because all of them seem to follow that trend. I mean, even to a certain extent, Gotham is following that trend of, you know, different character in a different crazy bad guy fucking balloon man every week See
2: with gotham i said i've only seen the first two episodes so far but there's a lot of storylines that are going on that are not are not like that like the penguin storyline and uh all of those are things that are just continuing to grow as it goes on even though the main focus of the episode might be the thing of the week
1: yeah, I don't know. I'm still out on Gotham unless you guys tell me episode four was amazing, or as the kids say, "amaze balls." Uh,
0: yeah, uh. uh, uh. So you know, I think one thing that that kids all over the world are going to be excited about is the advent of Wonder Woman seventy seven.
1: I, I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, I, don't you don't you think that, 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 that I mean, all the young peoples, the kids, the hipsters are going to uh, want to w- want to read the the adventures of Linda Carter Wonder Woman from 1977 in a weekly uh, series, much like Batman sixty six. Don't you think so, Paul? I, I no, i I'm I'm I'm
1: pretty confident <laughs> that that won't be happening. Well, uh, I'm the,
2: wondering how well Batman 66 is even doing.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that the, Batman 66 is doing well enough for them to go, you know what would also do excellent for us? Wonder Woman 77. <laughs> um, I,
0: I, there is a uh, aspect of the nostalgia for Linda Carter. I think Linda Carter looked great in the suit. And I think she made a great Wonder Woman for a show of its time. Um, but, you know, it's not even it's not a show I ever want to go back and watch. Ever. So,
2: Aaron, I never saw it when it was originally on, of course, because I wasn't born yet. God. <laughs> Dig it in. Dig it in, when Yeah. I never saw it in reruns or anything until lately. I've been uh, – they're replaying all of the Batman 66 stuff. Uh-huh. So we've been uh, recording some of that and watching them. And they have Wonder Woman on either before or after it. So we're, I'm getting bits and pieces of it. So I set the series to record. And my wife and I have been watching some of the episodes. They hold up surprisingly well. Having never seen them before, I don't have the nostalgia for it. Uh-huh. But we've watched probably five episodes at this point And my wife really is enjoying it. I mean, I thought the uh, the show has been kind of fun. It's very different than Batman is. It's not doesn't have the camp to it at all right
0: it doesn't have the intentional camp to it
2: right yeah and it's that's the big difference is batman is intentionally campy right wonder woman has some camp based on when it was made but it's not intentional and it it holds up surprisingly well i mean i'm watching it and yeah it's dated but
0: i'm still enjoying it Without so, having any of the context, hold on. So, hold, hold. So, 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 Wayne, are, are you the audience for Wonder Woman seventy seven? Then,
1: oh no, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> well, and I, I just want to clarify. So, 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 Ben Affleck, Oscar winning Ben Affleck is not okay, <laughs> but Wonder Woman seventy seven is. <laughs> Multi Oscar winning Ben Affleck is not okay. wonder woman linda carter is
0: i'm not sure what 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 distinction you're trying to make here paul
2: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's all a matter of context if they were if they were saying that they're going to make a movie that's like wonder woman 77 no that that wouldn't work you know what i want
0: to see it's finally dawned on me what i want to see in the uh batman versus superman movie i want that scene in chasing amy where Ben Affleck is, you know, he's got, his <laughs> there and he's got his best friend there and he's like, what we need to do, you know, is a devil's three way. Right. You know, yeah."
1: <laughs> you know, if they if they don't have that in the porn parody, <laughs> that we are saving that we are kickstarting.
0: I need Batman to suggest that he and Batman share Lois Lane. That's what I need. You're a horrible are are they finally going to make the penises kiss? <laughs> e- even if it's just the porn parody of it? And perhaps a little Dutch rudder. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, <sighs> <sighs> I, I don't know how we got on this from Wonder Woman, but
1: uh, – I, like, you, you yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how we got to on this from Wonder Woman, That this conversation that I brought up. <laughs> Speaking of Dutch runners, how's Batman and Robin?
0: Oh my God, it's a good book. It's so good. It is so good. It's a really good book. God, I mean, I. It was the book I didn't want to end this week. It was the first book I read. You know, I, I think I bought like eleven comics this week, um, and it was the first book I read. And I think it's my book of the week. I, I have one problem with this book. It was over.
3: No. <laughs> no. So. Red Hood and Batgirl and Red Robin are talking about having to get Cyborg to help him get to Apocalypse. And one of them says, but he's in the league. He can take us all. And I lo- I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, like, I just I, 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 uh, there is something very uh, charming, though, about how they just they hacked Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, I was just like it was funny. I'm like, that's great. That's just great. I love it. They hacked Cyborg, but I, I have to tell you that what the, the thing that I found disturbing. So they hack Cyborg to create a boom tube so they can follow Batman over to Apocalypse. And Batman, by the way, is wrecking Apocalypse while he's there in his uh, special Justice League forged armor. And they go and Cyborg chases after them because you know he reboots uh, before the boom tube closes. And Titus, you know, attacks Cyborg. And gets drugged to Apocalypse as well. And so you got the, the bad guys on Apocalypse, you know, who are flesh eaters, you know, going, hmm, the thing attached to the uh, cyborg's leg, that looks tasty. And I'm just like, man, nothing better happened to Titus. You guys are going to be <laughs> in deep kimchi if something happens to Titus. I will drop this book like a mic and just – I will be out. So I'm a little concerned about Titus.
1: Drop it like a mic. I will. I will drop it like a mic, Paul. So we talked a little bit about this um – Last week with uh, Earth Two World's End, Mm -hmm. you know, in that we're getting we're getting a lot of new gods in the DC books. Yep, and so we're getting you know we're getting a lot of apocalypse in uh, in Earth Two World's End. We're getting a lot of new Genesis in Godhead, but this is very specifically focusing on Darkseid and his inner circle, right? Because you've got um, Calabac in it. Yep, but I, I did have a question about something. So there's a scene where Calibak is talking to Darkseid, who I guess is in. His Odin sleep. Oh. <laughs> um, but he's talking to him almost like he hasn't come out of it since the first battle right. with Earth. But, I mean, we've seen him since then. So I don't know. Uh, did you read it that way or did I just misunderstand it?
0: No, I, I, I actually – I didn't apply any judgment to it at all. I So maybe? Oh, I don't okay. know. I, it seemed to me like he was talking to himself. Oh, well, I mean you – know, He was just kind of self-narrating.
1: Maybe, because he says, when you wake, you will be proud of me. You will see I have not forsaken you like so many others have after your battle with the earthlings. I have ruled as right. you ruled. I, I have ruled as you ruled. I thought maybe we were
0: talking about a Christmas story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Christmas <laughs> on Apocalypse. That I want to say. <laughs> I would buy that
0: issue, and I don't <laughs> like the new gods.
1: But I don't know. So I, I, maybe we'll get more information on the history you know, throughout the series, but man. It's it's just so cool it, to to see Batman in his Hell Bat suit, yeah, kicking ass on Apocalypse, and not just kicking ass. I mean, he is like he is taking no prisoners with these yeah. Parademons.
3: Oh
0: yeah, just completely wrecking, you know, just completely wrecking Apocalypse. I, did you enjoy the uh, scene, but with uh, Alfred feeding Bat Cow? Titus
1: and, and Bat-Cat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I Did you, you say
3: bat goddamn- cow? Yes, goddamn, goddamn Bat-Cow.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's from uh, Batman Incorporated.
3: <laughs> Why isn't Bat-Cow Bat-Hamburger again? What is not bat cow bat hamburger yet? Well, I, I just ha- always it's kind of... Somebody explained Bat-Cow to me. I, I, I can't
0: do it. Well, it was, you see, Bat-Cow has a, a spot on her forehead that looks like a bat. And so Damien says... I name you Bat Cow. And Bat Cow has been around since then.
1: They were fighting in a slaughterhouse, and Damien right. saved the cow. And so it was kind of like, you know, a piece of his humanity, that kind of thing. But what's funny is the next page, like if you look at the next page, you know, uh-huh. a Red Robin is on the back computer and the, and the cat's cat. walking across the keyboard. <laughs> cats walking across <laughs> the keyboard. And then you see uh, Red Hood yeah. playing ball yeah, with no, Titus I... in the background. I, I just, uh-huh. that's cool. I thought that was kind of cool. Just the little touches. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I I I I, I love this book. I love this book. It's you my know, favorite Batman. book. even the scene with Batwoman, where they show up with Batwoman, and she's like, and you can tell Batwoman is not one of the Bat family, right? And they're like, we're out of here. Uh, you take care of Gotham, and uh, you know it's clear. You know they they give her a, uh, a bat communicator to connect to Alfred, and she's like, who am I going to be speaking to? They're like, a friend. Yeah, like they don't vigilante, even vigilante vigilante triage yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a great book and I, 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 it's, the, the ending was pretty dynamite
0: too yeah the, the, I the whole thing I mean just the artwork the writing the pacing is just fantastic Agreed. It's good stuff
1: yeah well and so you know sticking with the new gods so we're, we have our nice little new Gods corner of the program I gotta tell you DC you're really you're, – you're suckering me into half of your fucking books right now because of all this yeah. New god stuff. So Green Lantern, New Guardians, Godhead continues in the pages of Green Lantern oh, – no, wait. I already said that. So Godhead continues in the pages of Green Lantern, New Gods, number 35. It's not Green Lantern, New Gods. It's Green Lantern, New Guardians. It should just be Green Lantern, New Gods. It's, I, I Shouldn't think that, it? I think that should be my point. Yeah. So Aaron, what did you think of this issue? So, you know, we, we talked about how Kyle Rayner has been missing since the events of um, Lights Out, the the last Green Lantern crossover, presumed dead, and we get more information on that here. Yeah.
0: So, as somebody who's not been reading the Green Lantern, you know, sector of the of the uh, DC publishing universe, um, this didn't didn't do much for me. Um, in fact, I would say that it's the the first faltering step. Uh, in the godhead series so far because I, I didn't need all the exposition that was on the pages i felt like i could have had you know one page of exposition and we could have just led into more story um i it bugged me that uh, you know we got to hear high father come in and go yeah maybe there was a different way to go about getting those rings you know maybe we didn't have to kill all those people on that planet my bad maybe you'll you'll help me you know, and I'm just like I, it's the only thing that didn't ring true to me ab- about this, and it, it's the, it just seemed like you know the first misstep, uh, or the only misstep I should say. I shouldn't anticipate there'll be more. It just felt like a, a misstep in the storytelling.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, a fact of the different writers. I think. Uh, is what I would, we're doing. Yeah. yeah, Because he does. Yeah, perhaps I acted rashly. You know, well, no shit. Yeah, but you know, it, he, he's high father. He should be a little bit. More sure of himself. Yeah. Um, what I did think was interesting is the uh, Carol Ferris Kyle Rayner relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, no. I, I. You know. I was. I was a little surprised by that. And did you notice? I mean, again, as somebody who doesn't read this story, this this title regularly, um, it took him a while to call her Carol. Yeah. Cause I'm cause, like, because I, I kept going, is that Carol Ferris? Is that Carol Ferris? And sure enough, you know, like midway through the book, he calls her Carol. I'm like, I'll be damned. It sure is. Yeah.
1: Which. Uh, it, there was a little bit of a misstep, and you know, they, they had they had ex- so here's, I guess, here's a problem with the writing on this book in that they give exposition to get you caught up for Godhead, but right. ultimately, if you're reading this book, you you probably have been reading Godhead, you read, mm-hmm. and so they need to get you caught up on Green Lantern and New Guardians, which for me, they didn't, right? They, you know, they, they explained what's been happening in Godhead, not what's been happening in New Guardians, so things like, is that Carol that isn't resolved until the middle of the book, yeah. You know that would have been helpful to know at the beginning of the book.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, just a little, you know, thing, a little, you know, text box that said, you know, Carol Ferris, A.K.A. Star Sapphire, you know. Yeah. And I'll also tell you, Kyle Raynor didn't look like Kyle Rayner to me. No. You know, I-, I was just, I was like, he just looks like random guy. He didn't, he didn't. I mean, maybe this is a, a new Fifty Two. Uh, reimagining, but he—he he didn't look like Kyle Raynor to me at all. It wasn't, you know, I, I knew he was Kyle Rayner because he was wearing the uh,
1: uh, white suit, but yeah, but he acted sure, like Kyle Rayner. I mean, it, he did, you know. I mean, that, I think the problem with that was more in the art. He just I looked do. like generic dark-haired guy. He looks more like Dick Grayson, really. Yeah. No, absolutely. He looked a lot
0: like Dick Grayson,
1: but so.
0: it, but you know, it, it's not a bad book. I just it was not as the story was not as expertly told as it's been in the, in the previous issues. Yeah.
1: I'm still going to stick with it. Um,
0: oh yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, and you know, if, if this is, if this is the only misstep and in the, in the t- storytelling, it's a minor one. Yeah. You I mean, know? it's not it's, a bad book. It just has some faults to it. Well, and when you hold it up to against the other, just fantastic books, you know, the prior two issues that we've talked about were just fantastic. And so, um, uh, you know that, that that's the only thing that I'll say is that it just it do, does not hold up well against the the, the the prior books. But you know I'm still in. You know until yeah, they change I. the cover price to
1: 4.99. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on board, and uh, I think what we're getting right now is you know this Act One is really kind of putting all the chess pieces in place, and I think you know the story's really gonna take off in Act Two yeah. with the action. So I'm enjoying it, and uh, again. DC with your new gods stuff because you know you, I've also got more new gods being thrown at me in Earth Two Worlds End number two this week. Oh yeah. And so we have, um, you know, at the end of last issue we saw the Furies, who are kind of like, uh, um, you know, the Furies previously for me have been categorized as just kind of dark side's bitches. <laughs> I mean like right. dark side's angels, like, you know, like Charlie's angels, like they just they're they're the the badass women of Apocalypse. But now they're kind of like the Four Horsemen. Right. And so, you know, it's their assault on Earth, and you know the heroes that we that we saw at the end of last issue start confronting them, you know, across the planet.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, long story short, they take possession of Huntress, Power Girl, and Lois Lane, Red Tornado, and just whoop the ass of uh, of uh, Val Zod and uh, Thomas Wayne, Batman. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, and it was a great book. I, I I really very much enjoyed this book. I did too, but one thing that kinda surprised me is that, you know, we talked about how in the last storyline on uh, Earth Two, right, that the characters of Mr. Terrific and uh, that other guy whose name I don't remember are being Sloan. held yeah, Sloan are held captive by um, by Bedlam and then you know, they escaped for a minute, oh they got recaptured. And, yeah. and
0: it, then we it, escape again pretty easily with a with little help from Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Smartest man in the world can't stay away from prison.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was cool seeing Mr. Miracle in action. But it, it's just kind of funny that, well, you, you couldn't have done this, yeah, at least in this time. We're only talking about it probably, I don't know, a couple of hours maybe. Yeah. So, Paul, is uh, Earth 2 World's
0: End on a bi weekly release schedule?
1: It is on a weekly release schedule.
0: Is it really? Okay. Yes. Okay wow so,
2: that's one of the reasons why I'm not getting the book is I didn't want another weekly book
0: but how long is it gonna go
1: till April I think
0: oh wow so it's that's a that's a that's a lot of book okay yeah. so I was not aware of this
1: yeah so I'm I, does, does it falter your uh no your, it just you know it's
0: a that's a big commitment so it is it is and and I get worried on uh, on weekly books because a lot of times the uh, you know you get midway in and, and they're using, you know, fill-in artists, that kind of thing. But you know, we'll wait and see. I don't, Story. I don't want to cast doom on it.
2: But see, the stories of the uh, the weekly books we've seen so far tend to have a lot of filler in as
0: well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I think we're going to see momentum, and it may falter at the beginning of the year. We'll see. I think yeah. it at least goes through March. I think April is. It goes until DC moves to California. So I think it goes through March, and April's like when. Everything kind of collides because I think all the weekly series end at the end of March, something along those lines. Okay. But as long as it keeps up the quality, I'm on board. Sure. Okay. So, who read Justice League 35 with me? Tim
3: and me. Okay. So, uh, Tim, Mm -hmm. tell me what you thought of this book. I think Superman and Wonder Woman are Homers, Aaron. I think if you put Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor's speeches like in a presidential election style. Uh huh. Lex clearly won. (laughs) And I think they're deluding themselves to think that anything else. Bruce's Bruce's speech basically equated to my parents are dead. All right. (laughs) Lex Luthor had a sweeping multi page story on uh, on his redemption. And you may not buy it, but it was the better speech that that is what I came away with. Tell me, I'm wrong. Oh no, you're not
0: wrong. In fact, uh, I, I thought I thought his dialogue was powerful, and it makes it hard not to like Lex Luthor. Exactly. You know, even though you yeah. know he's a weasel, uh, it makes it hard <laughs> not to like. One of the things I found very uh, interesting about his narrative, you know, they lay these you know current event kind of pictures. Um, across the narrative. And they show you the, that the thing that happened in Africa, I believe, where the 200 girls, you know, 200 uh, boarding school girls were abducted. I mean, that, that's actually part of this book uh, in the mm-hmm. DC universe. And there's also a panel elsewhere, it's on the next page, where Wonder Woman and the Justice League have rescued and freed those girls. Thought that was a very interesting choice, given the fact that that's still going on right now.
3: I I also love the Shazam uh, commentary throughout this book. Yeah. Every time he says something, it's just funny to me. Well, yeah.
0: His uh, you know in the middle of the, of their essentially stakeout, you know, <laughs> he wants to go get hot dogs.
3: Right? Hey, can we get something to eat? And can I borrow five bucks? <laughs> That's, right.
0: That's right. There's a hot dog stand down the street. Can can, can I go? I'll only take a minute. Also, can I borrow five bucks?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I it. Love- yeah, the the whole thing was great. I I I think this is a really strong book, despite Cyborg's presence in it. Yeah, it's a good book despite Cyborg. It and get be better without him. And I'd like to also point out the other current event, you know, that that's that's in the book is the uh, the breach of the uh, containment lab and the freeing of the amazovirus. Seems a little bit like Ebola. All I'm saying.
3: Uh, <laughs> <damn it. laughs> no it's out <laughs> what's behind that wall Lex <laughs> nothing <laughs> oh, shit, oh shit oh shit oh shit condition one <laughs>
2: I, I can Here just see him cutting up. to a uh, to a group gathering of all the heroes it's like okay the virus is out you can only get it by swapping bodily fluids uh, and then Superman and Wonder Woman look at each other like uh oh yeah. awkward
1: uh, somehow I don't see that happening. Maybe <laughs> in the Chasing Amy version. Maybe. Of, the, of Justice League. So yeah. – Oh, no. In the Chasing Amy version,
2: Superman and Batman both have it, and there's awkward conversations. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> I
0: don't know. <sighs> uh, Nothing that a little Hawkeye by Jeff Lemire
1: can't cure. Mm. So so it was announced this weekend – or this past weekend at uh, New York Comic-Con that after Matt Fraction's run ends on, um, on Hawkeye, that a new volume will be coming written by Jeff Lemire with art by Ramon Perez. And let me make sure I have that artist's name correct. Yes. And uh, they'll take over the book in March of 2015. And so Jeff Lemire, as you uh, may remember, was the – uh, writer on the ongoing Green Arrow series up until recently, and it looks like he's kind of hopping the fence to write a, uh, to write the Archer on you know for Marvel. It's funny because the Green Arrow series that he took over was very you know the, the art and stuff was very much inspired by Hawkeye. Right. You know, we talked about that when when that series first started, but we weren't really keen on his Green Arrow work. So. Yeah, no, I, I I love Jeff Lemire. I I, lo- I loved
0: his work on Sweet Tooth. Um, you know, he he's a, he's an edgy sort of indie kind of writer and ha- has great ideas. I, I I typically really enjoy his stuff. Absolutely hated his uh, take on Arrow. And so, while I'm encouraged that you know Marvel's thinking out of the box on you know writers for for such a uh, a uh, hot commodity, you know since Fraction uh, is leaving, I I'm, I I'm I'm cautious on this. So I'm just I'm gonna have to see what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I don't even know if I'm gonna go for it. Well, I'll try the first issue. I might try the first issue, depending on how the preview art looks and that kind of thing. I yeah. just, I don't, I just don't know. Uh, I, the the math fraction run, which I have loved, you know, even then I've dropped out of it because of untimeliness oh, nice. of the book yeah. and you know the unevenness. But so I don't know. I, I, Hawkeye in general is not really a character that I connect with, but Matt fraction did such a bang up job on it. That that's what connected with me. So I don't know that another writer taking it on is really going to turn me around.
2: Well, Well, what I wonder is, will the new writer stick with just one Hawkeye? Because I was buying every other issue of Hawkeye because I only cared about the Kate Bishop. Yeah, the Kate Bishop version.
1: And it's already been announced that it'll be much like this book with a co-headlining Kate Bishop and uh, a cast of Hawkeyes Correct. Yeah.
0: Well, as long as it's got uh, you know Arrow, the uh, the uh,
1: Archer dog, I'm good. (laughs) Pizza dog. Pizza hey dog. dog. <laughs> well, and in other Marvel news, it was also it, it, I don't know if it was officially announced, but it's certainly, you know, strongly confirmed that Robert Downey Jr. will be joining the cast of Captain America three in a major role, not as a cameo, not as you know, um, a bit player, but actually as a major role, which lends credence to the idea that Captain America three may in fact be Civil War. Or at least the uh, lead up to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I I think that makes sense, and I'm glad to see that uh, you know Robert Downey Jr. is going to be there. I think I think that uh, we we didn't get don't get enough screen time between those two actors in the Avengers film, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch those two you know bounce off of each other.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think actually, would be interesting is if we have Tony Stark but not Iron Man in the movie. I just want to see him on screen as Tony.
1: Yeah. What will be interesting is if essentially he's filling the role of the villain.
0: of the Right. Case. I, I am very interested in seeing an on-screen representation of Cap beating the living shit out of Tony Stark. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Well, you know Chris Evans like, really? It's my movie, and Robert Downey Jr. is going to get paid <laughs> a billion dollars <laughs> for my movie. Yeah, yeah. But, you know,
0: the, the, they've really kind of made a point that those movies – I mean, even though it's Captain America, you know, uh, it was as much, if not more, you know, uh, a Winter Soldier story, even though Winter Soldier wasn't in it just a tremendous amount. You know, I I think that they're, they're broadening the footprint of those films. In fact, those films just really seem to be telling one through Avengers story, even though the Avengers aren't in every film. There's still that 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 ongoing thread. So it's very organic to have those those characters in each other's films. You know,
1: so we'll see. I mean, it, the, the, that actually, I, I've enjoyed both Captain America movies. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I like Robert the first Downey, one
0: better than the second one.
1: I see. I like the second one better than the first one,
0: but uh, I do. We've already uh, established all the t- t- tastes in your mouth, Paul.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is interested in, interested in doing more Iron Man or Tony Stark or whatever, right? I'm okay with it. Yeah. So Marvel this week put out Edge of Spider-Verse number five, which was the conclusion of the Edge of Spider-Verse series. Um, you know, the, I think Spider-Verse proper starts in the next uh, – either next week or in the coming month. And so Edge of Spider-Verse number five, written by Gerard Way, who is the um, – he is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance or was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. They're not together anymore and also the writer of uh, The Umbrella Academy. From dark horse features art by jake wyatt and uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it uh, so it's uh, like this robotic spider from uh, an alternate universe right it's spider spelled s capital s p forward slash forward
0: slash dr spider spider
1: yeah and so uh, what'd you guys think of this issue i know you've you've been uh, you've been digging this series so far
2: i personally thought this might have been the best of the stories Best of the characters, at least.
0: I liked it a lot. how between this and the other robots are, you know, power suited Spider-Man, you know, and I was just like, they seem too close together. You know, this this interpretation is very different, but the, the, you know, power suit Spider-Man, we've already had that in this series.
2: Yeah, but it was a different type of suit. I agree. I, I think the... If it was the exact same kind of suit, I would have probably felt the same way. But this suit looked very different, and it seemed to do different things. And I really enjoyed this aspect of the spider itself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's all in her head or if it's actually physically there. But the main character sees the spider that bit her throughout the entire
0: book and talks to it. And I, I I don't want... I don't mean to disparage the book. I liked it rather a lot. I particularly liked the uh, Daredevil character that's in the book. Um,
1: Which, so I have to say something about the Daredevil character because Uh I I actually got to a certain point in the book and I'm like, wait, is that Daredevil? Because they never actually call him anything. Not D slash slash D R V I L or when, you know. But I mean, and I kind of like
2: that. I like that they didn't explain it. He's just there. And I have to say, I. I was totally floored when I turned the page and saw
0: Spider Ham. I squealed. I did too. I did. I squealed. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> well, and I love how how he clears the train. You know, everyone's on the on the on the monorail. You know, cruising around town, and uh, Spider Pig steps on the on the train, and I mean, people take off. Oh my God, what is it move? You know, and there's Spider Pig. Yeah, and I love his. Comment. I was I was reading it through guided view, right? And so I'm getting the the panel by panel. Uh, in comicsology, and it, you have those two panels where everyone's freaking out. And so it was a huge reveal when it gets to that third panel and it's spider pigs. So I'm like, Oh God, Moreland's already there. This girl's dead. They're just going to kill this girl right here, you know? And cause but,
2: they, they show the feet first. Right. And you don't know who it is yet. And then they, they finally show his back and the front. I, I love his comment. Of, this is probably going to be weird for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I, and I love you know the the other Spider-Man walks in. You're freaking those people out. You're freaking those guys out, Ham.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and so I know Aaron. I know we didn't talk about it last week, but Amazing Spider-Man, the the previous issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of Spider-Verse is that they are you know Morlin is hopping from universe to universe, killing spider man and taking their powers.
2: Well, it's not just Morlin. There's a
0: family of them.
1: Oh, is there? I, I have to get caught up. As you, I, I, if you are reading uh, Superior Spider-Man, you'd see that. God, okay, I'm behind. I'm behind. But, um, <laughs> but one thing that I thought was interesting is on the last in the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, they killed Spider-Man and his amazing friends from that right. universe. Yeah. And uh, so that, that, that was that was a little sad. Eighties Paul was was pretty sad about that, but Eighties Paul was happy today because Spider-Ham popped up. That's and right. Th- I will tell you, Spider-Ham was amongst you know, some of the first comics that I picked up when I was a kid. Well, I, I, I was
0: just tickled. Uh, it, it was inappropriate how tickled I was.
1: <laughs> well, that's because you were tickling yourself inappropriately.
0: Well, that's, that's fair.
1: Yeah. Well, and I knew that spider was
2: supposed to be in the series at some point, but I expected him to be just a cameo in the background and them to never really deal with him. I didn't expect them to give him a, you know, an entrance like this. Yeah.
1: They need to give him his own book. Fuck the rest of these characters. <laughs> edge of Spider-Ham. Crispy Edge of Spider-Ham. Mm, delicious Spider-Ham. <laughs> so apparently there's only room for one badass character in the in the Marvel Universe. Because and now that Spider-Ham is back, someone had to die. And that someone had to be Wolverine. Poor Wolverine. And so Death of Wolverine number four came out. This week, written by Charles Soule with art by Steve McNiven tim wayne and myself read it what you guys think
2: i have i've been enjoying the series so up till this point i thought the first three issues were all very strong very emotional very well done and coherent i felt like this ending was rushed made it had no impact at all one of the worst deaths that i've seen in comics and I just – I utterly disliked it. I thought that they they were doing so well and just flubbed the end.
1: Tim, what would you think? I'd like to hear what you have to say, Paul. Uh-oh. I um, I was really disappointed in the end. I was really disappointed in the end. I liked the first two issues. The third issue wasn't really a big thing for me. Um, and this fourth issue is so uh, – uh, so Wolverine basically, the man who made him Weapon X is the ultimate villain of this arc. He's creating new Weapon Xs, and Logan sacrifices himself to um, to 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 pre- prevent this from happening because he doesn't have yeah. healing factor anymore, and that's the only thing that this guy needs. the gu- The guy who is who is doing this is like, I only need your healing factor to make this happen, and Wolverine shows him, Hey, my healing factor's gone, asshole. Um, and so. The, the the I will say the only piece of this issue that connected with me is you know at the end of the book the villain is saying what have you ever done what have you ever done and wolverine flashes back to uh, to, to the best moments of his life and he you know he just says enough and yeah. I I liked that scene but that is the only piece of the book that connected with me yeah and, and I think like I said it felt
2: like the rest of the series had all of this emotional pull to it and yet when it comes time for him to save these people that they're trying to turn into new Weapon Xs, they're not anybody that we know or care about. Yeah. They're random people on a table that they don't even give the names to. I,
3: I sort of liked it. <laughs> um, I, I I could see why somebody might not like it. But from my perspective, I, I, I liked what they were trying to do enough that like the little nitpicky things didn't bother me. Like, he goes back to basically Weapon X. The start of us knowing Wolverine. And he sees this guy trying to do that to other people. And the last thing he does on... on Well, theoretically, the last thing that he does on this Earth is to make sure nobody else goes through that. And then the, the last scene when Paul described, that was a good scene. And I thought that was a good period. Like... It wasn't what I would have wanted from a from a death of Wolverine, but I'm not sure what I wanted. So I, I like I like artistically what they were trying to do.
2: Yeah, I think the actual death itself came off very corny. I don't know if eh. it was the art of it or what, but and let's face it, we're gonna spoil this book. So let's spoil how he actually dies. <laughs> Spoiler, Wolverine dies. Yeah. He dies by getting coated in adamantium. It's pretty (laughs) easy for them to bring him back at that point. At some point, his healing factor is going to kick back in and he's going to be alive inside of the statue.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be dead forever. And that's probably how they bring him back. But the the thought of him getting all all scalded and stuff and then walking out all badass was kind of cool.
2: Well, and I did. Look, I would have liked that. It's just that I don't like that it leaves us with a Wolverine statue.
3: Yeah, it's not even a Wolverine statue. It's like well, a puddle. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I just, if it were less, if there were less form, if it would have melted through more, I guess. I don't know. I just, I don't like that. That's how he, how he dies.
1: It, I, and I think I'm somewhere in between you guys in that I thought it was just. I thought it was okay. I, it, I think the problem with now, I think the problem now is that comic death has become such a a misnomer that y- you don't really care about. Com- I mean, the, Wolverine, you know, one of the biggest characters of all time in comics is dead, and I didn't see any big media coverage of it this week. You know, I didn't see people rushing to comic stores to, to get it. You know, to before it sold out. Ultimately, I just think. People don't give a crap anymore because they know it doesn't stick. And, you know, how long no, is the death true. of Wolverine going to stick? And uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, So There's maybe a
2: two. website out there that uh, I saw on Facebook, and it's uh, com, where they're, basically you go there and check and see is he still dead? Yes or no? And that's the first part of it. And then the second part of the website is Wolverine appearances after death.
3: Did, what cover did you guys get? Because there's a lot of different covers out there.
1: I got the Chromium crappy whatever cover. The one with the Grim Reaper? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I have. Yeah, that's the one I got. I thought that was an okay cover. No, I just don't like the, the paying extra for a, a Chromium cover nowadays. It just seems very yeah. 90s to me. Yeah, the cover was fine. I thought the cover was beautiful. Um, I just, you know, I, I, thought, I would have thought it was just as beautiful without it being all shiny and 90s. So I got to be
3: honest.
2: It... Oh, go ahead, Wayne. One thing I liked about this one is the previous issues, there was a lot of extra stuff in the book, and it didn't feel like I was getting as much story. There wasn't so much of that in this one. It seemed like it was more the entire space was used to tell the story.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. There, there is a the, – because at the back of it, it tells you the, the repercussion books that they're, they're going to be dealing with, you know, this – did you guys look at the cover for nightcrawler seven like i i had no business wanting to buy nightcrawler but just looking at that cover which I don't, if you can't tell it it's you see nightcrawler with his three fingers um lighting a candle in front of a picture of him in wolverine uh that's
2: so Tim, you I, I do do know that, that came out last week did it? It came out before the last issue of, of The Death. I almost picked it up, but I flipped through it and realized it is just it is an entire issue dedicated to basically a Requiem, just him dealing with the death of Wolverine. Yeah, and they that's... don't give any spoilers away for it No, all. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it would be a good one-time read. I but...
3: think that's why I'd want it. I think I'd want it to hear Kurt uh, Logan's story.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that is – it's basically him remembering him – Going into the uh, the danger room and having it bring up programs of Wolverine, and the surprise for me was that I, it was because this book was delayed, but it came out a week before the actual the actual death itself. The other books that are coming out, like uh, I bought the first issue of uh, the Logan Legacy, that mm-hmm. one would actually tell you how he dies because when you kind of look through it, you see the the statue. But the Nightcrawler one didn't give anything away, so I think that's why they went ahead and let it come out first.
1: Well, the Nightcrawler one is written by Chris Claremont, so that's pretty cool. Ooh! Yeah, there we are.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, hook. I, yeah. I basically burn stole it, and it was, it was very good <laughs> and very, very emotionally drawing.
1: I might check it out, too, Tim. All right. So next week, Prepare to Go Broke. Oh, I, oh, that wasn't this sh- week because I bought eleven yeah. comics. No. This week. Well, if you like things, if you if you like toys and statues, prepare to go broke because I'm, next I'm good. week DC's uh, Batman seventy fifth anniversary action figure set comes out, featuring designs based on um, or you know toys based on the designs of Bob Kane, Jim Lee, Darwin Cook, and Batman Arkham Origins. You've also got a Batman Little Gotham action figure based on that uh, Batman Little Gotham series by Dustin Nguyen. Um, Batman Arkham City uh, Art FX statue from Kotobukiya. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they're gorgeous statues, yeah. but that are extremely affordable. It's only 55 yeah, like, bucks.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they're below $60 for the entire line, for each um, item, the entire line.
1: Also from Kotobukiya is another Art FX statue, Aaron. It's the Rocket Raccoon and Groot statue. Yeah, that one's coming home with me. Also only 55 bucks and yeah. freaking gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's uh it's it's the one with Groot from like chest up with Rocket Raccoon on his shoulder. Correct. Yeah, that's a beautiful statue.
3: Yeah,
1: so that comes w- out next week as well. It will be coming home. So, in the world of comics, you've got a town called Dragon Number Two. Now, I don't know if anyone, I don't think anyone read this, and I know we didn't talk about it on the show, but it's written by Judd Winnick with art by Jeff Shaw. And um, I really enjoyed the first issue. It's from Legendary Comics, it's about a Dragon Colorado, which is a mountain community that um, exploits the, the, the name. You know, to, to lure in tourists and has all sorts of dragon memorabilia. It's kind of like the town near Area 51 in Nevada, um, except that this thing is dragons. Except that a uh, German excavation team accidentally unearths the last remaining dragon egg, and uh, it, it, it starts wiping out the town. And it's again, it's written by Judd Winnick, who I'm a huge fan of. The art by Jeff Shaw is fantastic. Uh, Legendary Comics, definitely check it out. Issue 2 comes out next week. So, Aaron, in German, how would
3: that sound when you when you make that excavating accident?
1: <laughs> the
3: excavating, a- oh mein god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um. From IDW, a, t- a title that I'm excited about and will probably also be the only one reading, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters, issue That's one of four. You That's all. You- I might break down and get that one. Oh. <laughs> written by what Eric Burnham, art by Dan Schoning. It, it looks pretty awesome. It's a Turtles Ghostbusters four-issue crossover. I'm on board. It's one of those things where I'm
2: not picking up turtles and I'm not picking up their Ghostbusters title, but I really love both properties.
3: I don't like peanut butter and I don't like jelly, but you stick it together. I might fork over some money. (laughs) It's two great tastes that taste great together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also from IDW, you have Edward Scissorhands number one, which is an all new uh, ongoing series uh, featuring the adventures of Edward Scissorhands after the end of the movie. Interesting. Yes.
0: I'm not even going to ask the question why someone would produce such a comic. The question
1: I'm going to ask is why would you
0: tell me about such a
1: comic? Well, because it's a number one issue, and our, re- our listeners may be interested in this. What's wrong with you, Paul? I don't know. Yeah. So Dungeons & Dragons, Legends of Baldur's Gate, number one, also comes out from IDW, written by Jim Zub. Um, so if you've been you know collecting the Dungeons & Dragons series from IDW, you might be interested in checking that out. I don't think we will be. Um, from DC Comics Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr.'s run on Superman continues in Superman number 35 Godhead continues in Red Lanterns number 35 Multiversity continues in Multiversity the Just number one which we probably won't be reading Um, you've also got Earth 2 World's End number three Deathstroke number one written and drawn by Tony Daniel is anyone going to be picking that one up with me I'm going to look at it. Yeah, I'm gonna I, ch- I might good. check it out. It's $2.99, so I'm, I might give it a shot. Um, also from DC Comics, Arkham Manor Number 1, um, which takes place after the events of Batman Eternal or during the events of Batman Eternal where Wayne Manor has now been taken over as a, you know, a, a new Arkham Asylum. Written by Jerry Dugan, art by Sean Crystal. I will definitely be picking that one up. Am I alone? Is someone picking that up with me? Aaron.
0: No, absolutely not. Not doing it. Aaron. Nope, not doing I've got
1: it. A, i got all week to work on you. Nope. Um, if, you, if you haven't been picking up Dan Slott's Silver Surfer run or have been waiting for it in trade, the first trade of Dan Slott's Silver Surfer uh, Volume 1, New Dawn, comes out this week. Um, I, I, I think we were kind of lukewarm on it. I haven't been picking it up.
2: Um, I've I, really enjoyed it, and no one else in the podcast did. Yeah. It I, definitely it feels kind of like a Doctor Who. I uh, I was not Luke
0: on it, Paul. I hated it rather a lot.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wade's uh, the end of Mark Wade and Mark Bagley's run on Hulk comes out in trade paperback. It's a uh, Hulk Volume One a Banner DoA. Uh, Death of Wolverine. The Logan Legacy continues in issue two. Uh, so does Avengers vs. X Men or Avengers and Ax- uh, Avengers and X Men Axis number three comes out, as does Axis Hobgoblin number one. Neither of which any of us will be picking up. Uh, really? Cy- Cyclops number six, the last issue of Greg oh. Rucka's run on the title, comes out oh. this coming week. It's gonna break my heart when Greg leaves. It's um, gonna break
0: my heart when Rucka leaves that title. Same
1: here. Yeah. And uh, Spider Verse continues in Amazing Spider-Man number eight.
0: You know, Paul, you you rattle off a whole lot of books that I'm not buying. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at <laughs> the
2: list of next week, and I, it's looking like a tiny, tiny little week yeah. for me.
1: Yeah, well, it, I'll be I with that statue and turtles and Ghostbusters, so yeah. I'll be good.
2: I'm excited about uh, Amazing Spider-Man because that's when Spider-Verse finally starts.
0: At least it, it hits the main title then.
1: Oh, okay, good.
0: So um, on the feed right now, is our latest episode of Three Beers and a Scotch. And so, you know, if you like beer, if you like Scotch, if you, particularly if you like three beers... Uh, And One Scotch. Uh, Be sure and check that out. Um, At the end of the week, you get the penultimate episode of uh, Knights of Rainsboro Season 3, Reign of Ironclaw Episode 5. Big, huge things happen in that episode, so be sure and check that out. Lots of stuff on the feed. But Paul, you know what we don't have on the feed? Hopeless? Hopeless? What the hell? You know, super, Ideology of Madness, super fan, Hopeless. I mean, I can always count on him to uh, post his running commentary of, uh, of Knights of Rainsboro. And I, I, I fear that he has fallen under something heavy. So Hopeless, please let us know you're OK. Paul and I are worried.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. He hasn't posted anything in a couple of weeks. Hopeless. Where yeah. the hell are you?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm very concerned, you know. Uh, so, you know, need need, need need to know where my Hopeless is.
2: And, and you it, know, if you come back and post, maybe we'll work you into one of the annuals. You could be saved by Ricochet.
1: <laughs>
0: there
2: you go.
1: Or
0: a night with a uh, hair trigger.
1: Uh, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could win a date with a hair trigger. I like it. That's the new contest.
1: No, I don't. I don't like that one at all. (laughs) Uh, Anyone else who's interested, you know, please post your comments, uh, you know, feedback, anything on uh, ideologyofmadness.com, our iTunes feed, or leave us a call on the or leave us a message on the ideology of madness hotline. Which that number is-, is
0: 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And, hey, just so you're thinking about it, you know, we since we're coming up on the end of Knights of Rainsboro Season 3, that means that there's a feedback episode in your future. So be sure and leave us feedback about that as well.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a lot of feedback, trust me, with the coming episodes.
0: What with, uh, you know, hair triggers, gender reassignment surgery. So, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Oh, spoilers.
1: Oh, damn it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a good week. You Bye too. Magic. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com.